Hello friends, thanks for listening to the Hearsay Podcast. This is number 27. Uh, To all the return listeners, thank you so much for sticking with it. I really appreciate it. And if you're new, welcome. I hope you enjoy the next hour or so. Uh, My guest today is my mate Tom Lincoln. Tom plays in bands such as The Nation Blue and Harmony. He runs record label Solar Sonar and he has loads of incredible stories about touring, injuries and meeting heroes and how that can go really well or really not well. I'm sure you'll enjoy the stories as much as I did. Uh, There's a bit of swearing in this episode, mostly by me, so just a little warning. I'm sure you've figured that all out by now, but if you are new, you have been warned. Uh, Tom's strange show story is illustrated by our dear friend Lisa Dottore. Lisa does incredible paintings as well as this awesome illustration and you can see more of her work on her Instagram at L-I-S-A-D-O-T-O-R-E, Lisa Dottore, or on the Lisa Dottore Facebook page. You can also follow her hilarious personal Insta at Lisa Lee Roth. Uh, Just on a little side note, she also does custom work when she has time. My husband commissioned her to do a portrait of Harry Nilsson for me for my birthday one year, and it is absolutely one of my prized possessions. So go check her out. You won't regret it. She's amazing. Uh, Here we go. Hearsay podcast number 27, Tom Link. How you doing, Tom? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. It's I've I've kind of been uh, pretty flat out. I, I don't know. Like every every day, it feels like I've got to do something. Um, yeah, that's a real drag. Yeah, it's just relentless at the moment. Like I I don't know. It's just a, spending a lot of money and um and just doing a lot of a lot of uh, menial tasks. Like it's it's just endless at the moment. But uh, I'm almost through it, almost set up for, for a few things and kind of, I don't know. So you were, you were telling me last week by email that, um, you know, some of them have been cool and music related. Can you tell me a bit about what you've been doing? Uh, I kind of arced up my old record label again. So, um, I've just been setting that up. It's been probably 10 years since I've done that and it's, uh, I don't know, like there's like all the digital side of things. There's all these things that I've that I've kind of had to put into place, and and it's just I don't know. It's uh, it's a lot. Yeah, it is. It's it is a lot. Um, I kind of figured that I'd um, do it properly, and you know, and kind of make sure that I was um, involving a few people and paying a few people too, just because I don't know, like it. Uh, you gotta yeah yeah like the the DIY thing is 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 where it's where it's kind of the foundation is for it but it's um it's good to involve other people who actually know what they're doing yeah so this is this your solar sonar label yeah that's right so it used to be like a tazzy reissue label for things in the 90s that never got released because tazzy was so vehemently um <laughs> I don't know anti <laughs> anti any kind of progressive steps like <laughs> It was insane down there. Like if you, you you really like just releasing CDs was kind of shunned everything. So there's, there's <laughs> like people would record but just sit on it. So I, I don't know, 10 years ago I was 
trying to put out some of that stuff, put out a little bit of it. But um, there's still a lot of other stuff sitting there, that's for sure. But do you think that that's changed now in the last 10 years, people are being a little bit more proactive with their stuff? Oh, yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, all those people who... Like, we're talking, like, my my kind of years of activity were probably, like, 94 to 99 when I moved yeah, away. Right. And yeah. And all those... All the people that I played with in bands and are still playing in bands and, and kind of, you know, pretty... um pretty active and and you know and i don't know a, a lot of people have come and gone but a lot of those you know um tasmanian heads are still really involved in it so yeah That's there's something great. something to be said there about um the the kind of mindset that everybody had yeah so t- like tell me a bit about the tassie music community because i've i've only ever really gone down to play one-off shows with regurgitator or ben salter or you know playing in someone else's band like i haven't had much to do with like the inner sanctum of tazzy music um is it a is it supportive like is it a big community i can only really speak of um my time there um and you know people would be outraged if i attempted to talk because <laughs> 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 i'm largely considered a mainlander these days so right right I, I revoke my citizenship um the <laughs> I don't know. It's a strange. It was. It was like really insular. Um, there was uh, like an abject kind of um, like a brutal kind of rejection of a lot of mainland stuff. There, there wasn't too much stuff that kind of um, made the grade. And I, th- I think I think Tasmanians look more to New Zealand music and 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 kind of had a lot and. Like Geelong was popular in in Hobart when I was there. Like there were bands in Geelong that Tasmanians felt comfortable with. Um, just outside yeah, was, the mainland, kind of thing. Yeah, just it just kind of shared. They and I guess th- there's a lot of similarities between those you know those two places and and Hobart. You know, it's it's the um, uh, warped have a song called Small Town Disease, which I think is um, very true of Hobart. You know, like yeah. it's a it's a very inward looking um community but that for that reason it produced a lot of really great art because nobody was beholden to what was happening on radios or anything like that you know there was there was a rejection of that and people just kind of forged their own paths you grew up in tasmania or sort of started the nation blue band in tasmania right and then you guys all moved to melbourne together is that tell me about how that happened yeah, kind of. It was uh, we played down there for about four years, um, and uh, did a couple of tours to Melbourne, and and you know, and kind of my um, my parents actually moved down to Tassie to have me. So there's a yeah, strange choice, and so <laughs> um, all my family was in Melbourne, and you know, like I I was I've always been here and wanted to you know um, relocate here, so. Uh, for both myself and Dan, the drummer, that was high on the agenda. Um, Andy, the bass player at the time, who was our first bass player, um, was initially keen, but kind of, uh, I think, lost keenness. And then, you know, things kind of deteriorated and and um, he felt like he was being forced out. Which oh, I no. Kind of, yeah, it was kind of a bit, bit messy, um, which was a real shame. Like, he's, you know, uh, he was a pretty, pretty great person to play in a band with. Yeah. Um. So Dan and I just moved regardless, and and ended up um, for six months just kind of sitting on our hands and 
and came across Matt had actually been down in Tassie fruit picking, which was another thing that was kind of synonymous with Tasmania is that a lot of mainlanders had come down there and, and do some stints um, yeah. working in orchards and all that kind of stuff. And we, we met through the Rakane guys and, and he ended up being the bass player when we moved over. Awesome. It was weird because uh, uh, we're pretty tweaked units in Hobart. Like, um, like I reckon I only stopped being suspicious uh, <laughs> probably about four years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I had like a solid 15 years of probably just like not trusting anyone and, and like always questioning people's <laughs> motives and just being Why? a total paranoid what, freak. What was the origin of that? I think I think it just there's no like record industry in Hobart at all. Like nobody has any aspirations. And you meet anyone who's vaguely positive and you just you're like, Well, what's this person's why? deal? Like, <laughs> why yeah, why are you so happy? Yeah. But did you feel uh, like that just about Tasmanians or just in general were you just a like a suspicious dude? I have got I've probably got a, a world outlook that's probably a little bit on the glum side, but I think the um <laughs> I don't know, like it's uh it's it took me years to like wind back the sarcasm. Yeah, right. Um, and just you know, like I was yeah, I don't know, we're just all sarcastic pricks. Like just <laughs> like <laughs> Not That's not the best not thing about you guys. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It's, it's, we're not the funnest people to be around. So no, it's great. Sure, I'm sure a lot of them are stoked that I'm speaking for them on that on that <laughs> to to that and on that. Um, so tell me a little bit about the um the early years of when you started uh, playing guitar and stuff because I noticed you have a pretty unusual style of playing guitar every time I've seen you play, especially like your um finger picking and. I don't know. I I think the way that you um that you play is uh, it seems to be different to how other people play in a good way. Um can yeah. you tell me a little bit about how you learnt guitar and how you how you sort of discovered your own style? Um I like isolation, like literally not uh just geographically but um from pretty much all communities. Like I I just kind of uh a broken family so I kind of uh, spent a lot of time with one of the one of the parents and and they would they would kind of come and go and I'd yeah. literally just sit sit in a beanbag and play guitar along to the Tasmanian ads <laughs> and, and it kind of set me down a path that I really haven't deviated from I just keep keep chasing the dragon down this kind of uh this this endless endless rabbit hole like it's a it's a I, I try to sh- shake my um it's not even comfort zones or anything like that. It's just like this deteriorating style. Like it's just, it's something that is living and breathing within me that is just rotting constantly. So it's in this constant state of deterioration. <laughs> I think it's a sweet rabbit hole. I Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. And I, I, I mentioned it just because it is like actually really impressive to see as someone who's like, I'm not a great guitarist, but... I find it really interesting seeing how other people do things. Um, and yeah, I've yeah. always thought you were really interesting to watch. Well, that's, uh, that's really nice. It's, um, yeah, it's, I th- I th- it's just, uh, just thousands and thousands and thousands of hours spent on my own. <laughs> like, um, <Yeah. laughs> just kind of just, just doing it. Like it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strange, strange place to end up. Because yeah. I actually like, for example, like to maybe illustrate the point. Um, 
I booked a guitar lesson with Dwayne Dennison from the Jesus Lizard. Amazing. And yeah, it sucked. <laughs> like it was the most. It was one of the most humiliating experiences of my life. Because he goes, yeah, he goes, oh, how long you been playing guitar for? And I was like, oh, twenty five years. <laughs> like <laughs> he goes, all right. Let's try this and couldn't do that. And you could just like he literally wound back through his <laughs> through his <laughs> stages and, and, and like and the things that he could potentially show me to just like rudimentary one hand picking things and I couldn't even do that. And he's like like and he asked the question again just to just to accentuate the point. He goes, How long have you been playing guitar for? I was like, Twenty five years is 25 years <laughs> and, and like and we, we actually came came to an impasse where like it was, there was a communication breakdown where we were just like right and basically i just shut my laptop and, oh, no. <laughs> and, and yeah did you have to pay him it sucked yeah payment was up front so <laughs> fuck yeah. you just like left feeling really bad about yourself Oh, horrible! Like it was like I act, like the level of ineptitude was embarrassing. It was like it seriously took me back because I played classical piano. Took me back to like the last time I played piano, which is me like cocking up like a um, performance in front of you know friends and family and all the rest Aww. of it, and just and just not being able to get back onto it, and yeah. I, it just brought it all up again. I was like, holy shit! Like I haven't. The reason I've probably developed a style is because I can't actually um, play it conventionally. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, sucks. I feel exactly the same way about my keyboard playing because really? I'm not a, I'm not classically trained at all, and it's really funny because I um every every band I've played in, I've kind of they've asked me to do what I do in their band. Like I would never be the kind of player that could just you know, like do some fuck off piano stuff. Like I yeah, can yeah. do, I, I can make cool noises and I can, you know, I can play <laughs> chords, <laughs> but I'm not, yeah. there's no way I could do like any kind of classical stuff. So yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the chord progression. And uh, if you could just, you know, just, uh, just rip on this for, yeah. for 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, I would just go whoop, 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 whoop. Like just the same <laughs> note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I relate to that because I I think um you know it it there's something really cool about doing what you do, and and not being able to do anything else. Um, I almost like sometimes I don't trust people that can do more than is required. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of chameleons. Like, yeah. I, I want to know what I'm getting. And yeah. If you yeah. If if you listen to any of my records, then you know what you're gonna get, and that's that's why not many people listen to them. Like it's it's uh, you know you you, you definitely uh, know what to expect a little bit, but yeah, I I I agree. Like I've always um, been really wary of anybody with a formal education of any yeah. sort. I mean, that's um, not to say that like obviously those are artists that are incredible in their own right, and you know I love music by people that can that can be chameleons, but you know, it's just not, it's just not our path. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. Uh, and I, I guess those, those musicians really need like a really, like to have an even stronger identity because yeah. um, otherwise it just, you know, it's just notes. Like yeah. I've, I've played with a lot of people who just, you know, just want to get as many of those in there as possible. <laughs> you know, like just, just as many notes as possible. Yeah, I'm not like that. I'm like all about one chord for a, a minute. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's that's good for songs. And, uh, <laughs> Some songs. I'm 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 now more interested in songs than uh, yeah. than you know hearing uh hearing somebody rip. So tell me a little about what were you what kind of music were you listening to when you were teaching yourself how to play guitar? Uh there was Wayne's Car Sales, uh, <laughs> Tasmanian Carpet Cleaning, <laughs> which is a pretty feel like it's a good song um the chicken feed <laughs> um uh we only had two channels were you listening to any records um yeah i mean yeah uh i was lucky enough to kind of um have an older group of friends who i don't have you know big brothers or big sisters or anything like that who could uh help me out on that front so i had um some friends who were probably like three four years older than me who um i got like a uh like i was I found metal on my own um, in the 80s and, you know, kind of loved, you know, uh, some pretty dubious hair metal stuff as well. <laughs> um, and then I got a like a tape with uh, Dead Kennedys on it and that kind of skewed me a little bit. Yeah. Um, just because I, th- I thought it was weird. And then I just tracked down anything that I thought was weird <laughs> that sounded strange and that, you know. That that led me to some pretty weird kind of slap bass <laughs> um, areas of uh, you know um, jurisdictions, but uh, you know also deeper into punk and and into um, some some weird jazz stuff and uh, all sorts of stuff. But yeah, it, I don't know. It, I, I just I, I liked I liked in a lot of, uh, you know just kind of intense music. Just yeah. really enjoyed kind of. Um, feeling kind of bleak and i i guess it was just a, a i guess in that sense it was an environmental thing like a you know i was a pretty miserable kid loved to skateboard loved to hang out on my own and and just pipe that stuff into my head and loved it from that perspective yeah and i guess that's sort of formed the way that you write and perform now but it's funny i always feel like um i've i've talked about this a bit with other people you write really um deeply emotional and you know slightly morose and quite angry songs but yeah. when you talk when but when I talk to you as as a mate you're always like really funny and sarcastic and chirpy I find that is a really interesting divide in someone's personality it's like they can get all of that stuff out of their music and then get on with their lives or yeah something. it's yeah one one produces the other for sure yeah um the I've, the, the longest I've kind of gone without um, like you know, performing or you know, I, I guess you know would be a maybe two or three months really. I mean, it's not even performing, just just writing and you know, like I'm constantly thinking about it. Yeah, but it it is. It's just a great big release. I I, th- I think I'm a probably a better person for for doing it. Um, otherwise, like I don't know. I get you know, yeah. It's uh, it's probably a you know, there's a pretty severe chemical imbalance um that i probably am prone to yeah and it it just kind of evens me out a lot i don't know so is it like do you think it it builds up when you don't get to release it in a show or a a record yeah it used to um it used to manifest like it kind of manifested in stranger and stranger ways as 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 things went on like similar to the you know um kind of honing what a the, what I what I kind of do it also uh, got a lot weirder in the performance like weird things became important to me and I kind of got fixated on like weird um, 
that like that just this physical component where it became where it was just completely not about music and it was more about hurting myself and, oh, wow. and like kind of punishment and stuff like that yeah wow. like, like what kind uh, of- oh just like the constant smashing in my face and like things like that like it's it's a it's yeah it's uh it's strange like i felt like i didn't have a good gig unless i was bleeding or something like yeah, that you wow. know, which is a pretty average pretty average kind of attitude because it, it it also like you you know you're you rehearse and you rehearse and you rehearse and then as soon as you get on stage everything changes and it yeah. becomes about a physical act instead of you know instead of the music which is which is i don't know strange thing to reconcile i found a couple of years or not a couple of years ago like uh you know when, when i started harmony and started playing with other people away from nation blue which i didn't do for a long time i didn't know what to do physically yeah right there was always a compulsion to destroy something or destroy myself <laughs> yeah so i was standing there just kind of shaking like 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 a you know i was suffering from some kind of tick and uh, like uh, tourette's or something <laughs> <I> just <laughs> it took years to relax and that's so interesting I don't know. well I, i've talked to other people like um our friend ben corbett you know he has a similar similar affliction really where he um he needs to he he turns into a completely different person on stage he just becomes this animal yeah um and yep. that's really interesting to see and i think he he probably has the same thing where he just completely loses himself on stage and if that doesn't happen he has a terrible show yeah it's like a bloodletting and and ben and i are probably bad influences on each other we did one <laughs> tour where like um i don't think he'd really seen us before and he saw me bleeding and <laughs> what he did in the first two minutes of, of their set like like just horrified me I, I just couldn't couldn't get over how just nasty like you know yeah. I'd, I'd seen other six foot hick shows but he, he like he went straight to the glass and, and yeah yeah I, I kind of really um know where ben's coming from and you know but i also um don't have the physicality to really do myself too much damage yeah um whereas he certainly does <laughs> well it's harder when you get older too when you've got responsibilities like you can't be bleeding when you come home to your family you know <laughs> it's like not ideal yeah you can <laughs> you can Trust but it's not can. ideal <laughs> yeah yeah no no they're not. it's not it's not a, not a good look and i mean like i you know i work in a um an industry where you know i deal with a lot of kind of high-end clients and um yeah, there's there's a lot of hat wearing going on and right. and, and a lot of masking. And, yeah, it's um, but I actually heal really quickly, so oh, I know if good. I do something on a Saturday midweek, I'm good. Oh, like that's it, a no... great thing to know about yourself, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the opposite. I think I might have some iron deficiency or B12 deficiency, and I bruise really easily. Yeah, um, hemophilia. Yeah, like, yeah, not quite hemophilia, but you know, like the step. Just before that. <laughs> yeah, just, just the, the rung under. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can we talk about your job for one second? Because you yeah. are an amazing woodcraft dude. Yeah, that's it. And you make wine cellars, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I um, yeah, make kind of uh, uh, pr- uh, for residential and, and some commercial properties. Um, yeah, like deck out uh, all the wooden racking and all the joinery for, yeah, kind of like large wine cellars. Wow. How did you get into that? Mm. Um, my father's like, uh, he kind of started it 15 years ago and I was uh, packing boxes at Shock and, and kind of got to the end of my rope with that and 
I, and I'm an, uh, like a terrible employee. Like I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm not a, not a, not a great team guy and um, really needed to get back to just outright isolation and, you know, like yeah. I work in a shed in a paddock by myself largely, except for dad and dad has to put up with me. So, um, he can't so yeah, he, he, uh, there's been conversations where we've explored the possibility a few times um, and I've tried to fire him in return, but it's, yeah. And you can so, come to work bleeding. It's not not that much of an issue. Yeah, he just rolls his eyes like he, he, he kind of knows the deal. There's, there's, a, there's a fair bit of anger in the Lincoln family. Yeah, like, right. Um, our grandmother's also on the property, and yeah, she's the she's the source of a lot of, a lot of <laughs> insane anger in our family. Like she wow. just she loves a loves a fight, like loves one. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's a it's a strange little environment down there, but um. Yeah, I kind of he he agreed to show me um, what to do and basically took me on as an apprentice and and um, and he's a real kind of perfectionist character. So yeah, I suppose you have to. It be. was a really yeah, kind of. Um, I think it just kind of comes down to eye eye for detail um, and and then hopefully the the skills kind of follow. If you can see what's wrong, you can fix it, kind of thing. Yeah, um, but it was a a slow apprenticeship like it probably took me six or seven years before I got comfortable and wow and yeah now I'm kind of deep in it that's great not a great occupation for a guitarist um (laughs) why is that because you hurt your fingers uh no just like oh I've put nails through both thumbs like Jesus I've um (laughs) yeah I've done a lot of a lot of damage to my hands and have Early on, was terrified of the saws. Like, uh, like we've got these radial arm saws that you pull out over, like through the wood. So you're pulling these huge saws back towards you, and a few times, like I'd feel the wind of the the blade rush Ugh. right over my fingers because oh, I put my hands in the wrong spot. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's it's high stakes. Like if you have a, you know, if you're tired and you make make a silly movement, it can it can end pretty badly. Yeah. Well, so what's the worst thing you've done? Put nail through your hand. Um, that's pretty yeah, bad. I reckon <laughs> that's pretty bad. Oh no! Actually, there was a we were nailing up a frame with like the, there are these enormous nail guns that fire like a three inch nail, Ugh. and um, and we were and we hit a knot, and it bounced, and the nail literally like did a one eighty, went straight past mine and Dad's head, and lodged in the ceiling above Holy us. Holy shit! And we're like, oh god, like that, you know. Um, I waited like six hours for a plastic surgeon when I did my thumbs yeah. on Christmas Eve. And um, yeah, that was uh, that would have been a lot worse because that was a tiny little 30 mil nail. This was, you know, this oh, would have God. done some serious damage to, to my face. Jesus. <laughs> had a beer and went home that day, just down <laughs> tools and that was the end. Yeah. yeah. I would have had a couple of beers or a whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of driving involved to get to the workshop. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, a lo- lot of dr- drinking in the car on the way home. And <laughs> hey, um, I really want to talk about Harmony because Harmony, I think, one of the greatest bands in Australia. I remember the first time I saw you guys play, I think um, you were supporting the drones. Yep. And I very rarely like get teary when I watch a band but I I think as soon as the um the three girls started singing their like gospel choiry harmonies I just lost it 
and it it was a yeah really like amazing feeling. Oh, that's really nice. So I I had the I mean I had the same experience when they did it for the first time, but it wasn't. Um, it was a theoretical band, you know, and the 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 three of us um in like who play the instruments, we yeah. actually did one gig without them and it, it didn't really kind of um, come together until we recorded and then the first time I heard them do it together in a room, like I was like, holy crap. Like it's, yeah, it's incredible. Um, it was just, yeah, so far beyond what I was expecting. So yeah, I kind of had the same <laughs> same experience. Yeah, so beautiful. What's, um, what, what are yeah. Harmony doing at the moment? Um, I just had a bunch of surgeries and uh, so I was kind of laid up for since start of December and um spent all that time mixing new record great um yeah so we kind of crammed in five days of recording in mid-november um and we did it hi-fi so uh, a friend of mine mike deslands um has like a really great mobile studio we went up to a big hall up in the country and and recorded about 18 songs and 18 whittled it down to yeah <laughs> Crazy. Smash through it. I mean, <laughs> there, were, there were there were songs that were barely songs. Like there was just like, uh, it's kind of a verse, that's kind of a chorus, and <laughs> just uh, cut and paste that. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> and you know, and, uh, you know, some of those made it, so it's cool. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The it, it was a it was pretty rushed because we haven't really been a band since Alex and I had a had a child. Yeah. Like, you know, we haven't done too much. Um, but yeah, it's. It's pretty big. It's pretty glorious. I'm That's you know, awesome. pretty proud of it. Yeah. So that'll be around mid-year. Uh, and I think a, a new song's uh, out the start of March. What's your relationship like with getting radio play? Do you feel like it's important for a release in Australia? I mean, I guess you've come from it from the side of being a label guy as well and also being in a couple of bands that may or may not have got radio play. How, how do you feel about that whole process? Um, I think it's actually quite hard. Like, I've, it's none of my bands have really had um, much radio play, to be honest. Like, it's a, across the board, the the response to a lot of my music has always been kind of like, yeah, nah. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's it's just a, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know what it's like to have it, really. Um, You've had quite a bit of, um, like, local radio play. Somewhat. I mean, there's still, I'd say the... Harmony's had really great support from PBS mm. um, down here, which is a great radio station. And it, and as the one that I listen to, I kind of I'm kind of really content because it, I I I have heard it from time to time yeah. on on that station. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's not kind of something that I've ever really been able to kind of quantify or factor in because it it, it just feels like. Um, there's never really been that much there. It's you know, I think I've always just been a kind of touring artist, and yeah. I know that, that that can be made a lot easier if you do get radio play. But it, you know, I, I, I've never really felt the effects, to be honest. <laughs> it's just like a whole weird thing. I don't know if I, if I've ever fully yeah. experienced that either. Maybe back in the day, but certainly not with like my solo records. Yeah, yeah, like it's, um, it always tends to be a double-edged sword. Uh, you know, like people people kind of want that play because it does give them a wider audience but then when that, when it comes time to play the shows they just find that it's um 
uh, you know that all of a sudden the room's full of a different type of person yeah. like their friends aren't there and yeah. it's you know it's it's kind of alienating it's you kind of got to be careful what you wish for yeah um, that's true and i've kind of heard that over and over and you know but you you kind of can't control who comes or who, who likes your music but um uh, I've been fortunate in the last kind of 20 years that um, I know pretty much every single person in the room. <laughs> so, and I can vouch for most of them. They'd have to be up to some pretty dark shit for me not to know what's going on. So like, yeah, you can, uh, you know, I, I know that I'm, you know, I know the, the same hundred people in each in each state. Yeah, <laughs> that's comforting. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of them are right psychos too. So like if, uh, Familiar you know, psychos. Just hope I don't get dime bagged on stage one, yeah, one show. So you've got quite a lot of projects. So I mean, I know Nation Blue were a bit quiet for a while, but do you have different outlets, like for different feelings for different bands? Um, sometimes in the early stages, I I just kind of write, like I just kind of put things down, and they end up where they end up. Um. Once, once a few things kind of start getting um, locked down as some kind of cohesive block, then I'll start to fill in the block. Like I love, I love albums. Like I love writing records. Like I'm, you know, it's and it probably shows just through the severe lack of singles. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I like I love creating like a, f- like a you know like in some some circumstances quite long. Um, long form records or in you know like the last nation blue records there was we did 28 songs um and i really enjoyed that process like i love writing for a record yeah um, but that that tends to happen just after you know i sit down like i i don't actually do it much um because th- there's a certain uh style of writing that i that i do that i've just got thousands and thousands of these like the same riff yeah um so i've probably got yeah like on my phone i've probably at the moment got two thousand songs Holy technically moly. um but it is the same type of thing over and over and over so then i just cherry pick the ones that are kind of the most different yeah that, you know might might lead to more interesting things but it's I, i've really kind of stopped writing because there's just so much rubbish there that, you know <laughs> it's um you just kind of got to filter through it a lot of the times, like I'll, I'll write on the day. I'll be like, "All right, I got to record." So I'll just let let's see if the you know the urgency produces something that um, maybe transfers a bit of that energy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, there's there's a lot there, and it's not necessarily good, but there's you know there's there's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> Does it ever stress you out having to write stuff in the studio? Uh, I say no, like uh, writing and recording is my favorite thing by country mile. Like it's, uh, there's something tangible there. Um, generally I I get concussed (laughs) like if it's, if it's a rock show or something like that. So I don't have a lot of clear memories of shows. Like it's kind of like a trauma that I just try and bury. Yeah. Right. Um, like even harmony, like singing harmony songs and performing harmony songs is miserable. Like it's, it's all, um, written about some of the most horrible things that have you know happened to me and my friends yeah. and, and and loved ones and stuff like that you know like it, it isn't disingenuous it's not tourism it's you know it's actually stuff that has been really hard and and i, I didn't think about it at the time i didn't think it'd be something that'd be like oh you're gonna have to perform this and yeah you're gonna have to feel those emotions it. every time yeah I'm, I'm i'm a bit of a dull receptor but yeah the uh <laughs> the, there's you know like it 
it, it just kind of makes me numb and kind of tired. Yeah. You know, like to sometimes like um, and sometimes I, I forget what I'm singing about and that's generally when I have a break because it's you know, I don't know it's not really serving its purpose if I'm if I'm not kind of keyed into it. Yeah. Well, you have to you have to definitely sing those songs with conviction. Yeah, and sometimes yelling can be confused for con- conviction. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's it, sometimes you can fake it, but yeah, yeah. I, I actually like to to think about it and to try and just pu- push a little harder, um, and and try and you know try and make people actually feel something. Try and try and snap them away from their phones for yeah, for even if it's, it's ten minutes of a set. It's a struggle, man. Oh yes, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> Do you judge yourself personally by the songs you write? Uh, I don't think I can. I'd, I'd, I'd be, um, yeah, if I, if I thought about that too much, I think that, um, like, like I, I definitely use self-deprecation for a, just a bit of a defense mechanism when, when it comes to talking about my own kind of output. Yeah. But if I'd actually think about what some of the shit that I've written, like I'd outright fucking hate myself. Oh. <laughs> like, like it, it's, uh, it's, it's just not fun like yeah some of it some of it is but some of it's just like ah come on (laughs) like and to be honest like in the last two years um which not surprisingly um probably coincides with the birth of my daughter like i just had to stop putting that stuff out there a bit you know like the new the new harmony record is is like flat stick yacht rock amazing just just like all songs about love to some oh, to some point. Can't wait to hear um, that. Yeah, a lot more positive, and it started with Paleheads too. Like I, I, like I just me and one of the other guys in that band um, both have a you know a, a preoccupation with the morose, and we, we both looked at each other and we we're just like, can't do this shit anymore. Like it's you know it's it, we just got to change tack a little bit. You know you can still kind of. Um, get a little bit of the world view in there but i think that it has to has to start coming from somewhere else otherwise you know yeah and i I suppose by having a couple of different projects you can still sort of get stuff out of your psyche that you need to get out using the other avenues yeah yeah that's always going to be there um and i can also kind of just you know uh, lay back into sarcasm pretty hard as well and (laughs) that, that that little mechanism's always there but i think after I don't know. There's, it's 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 a lot harder to write positively. Like the default position of writing, ne- like you know, I mean, look at the ten years of Dole Wave in this country. Like it's um, <laughs> it's it's a pretty easy thing to do. And fuck yeah, I kind of I kind of don't believe it sometimes, you know. And and I'm guilty of thinking that about some of my own stuff as well. You know, like you you do you just like now you're just trying to be negative for the sake of it, like. The harder thing is to try and find something positive and write about it well. And I haven't done that, but I tried. <laughs> yeah. so, well, I was going to say, so yeah. I've listened to your um, your solo album, which is coming out soon, a few times. And it's a, it's a fucking downer, mate. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. No, I, I really like it. I really want to talk to you about it. So... Your um so the solo album is is pretty minimal so it's um it's pretty much you and mostly just an electric guitar without overdubs yeah um and 
And I want to talk about, because I think my favourite song on the record is Out of Time, which is towards the end of the record. Yeah. Um, Purely, I mean, the, the melody is beautiful and you repeat that quite a few times, but there's also that, like, you do do an overdub at the end. There's a beautiful, like, guitar-many sort of, um, you know, harmony to, to <laughs> your melody. melody. <laughs> it's a great, great word for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that song. Can you talk to me about that song? That's yeah. Look, that's the toughest song by a mile. You've you've actually picked the one that is the only one that kind of strays from the central theme of that whole record, which is um, the majority of the record is just literally um, kind of fed off shark dreams. Like after I've done a few cage dives, and because you spend all day in the water and there's a lot of motion, um, and you, you have these weird kind of like uh, the the I don't know, just your interaction with like sharks uh as as a participant in the food chain is a really strange thing it does strange things to the subconscious so when you after a cage dive you have these dreams and because you're still kind of physically moving from the movement of the boat like you you your equilibrium's all fucked up um you have these yeah really really intense dreams and and the majority of the album is about that um with you know thinly veiled metaphor and and all the rest of it but um the that song is just like probably the harshest song i've ever written about loss um yeah uh and it was inspired by some just just tough tough um like a horrible horrible situation that had happened to a friend of mine and and just the just the emptiness of the home after you lose somebody you know yeah and i'd and yeah, it's just it just sucks. Like that one's the probably one of the the hard, hardest songs I've I've kind of written, and it it just um, I don't know what to do with it. Like it it was it didn't fit, but it kind of I don't know. That's that's the one that I kind of um, uh, it caused me the most the most kind of grief in in performing it and yeah. getting it right and and everything like it's just a just a tough one i'm so, I'm so glad you put it on the album it's really really beautiful it definitely stuck out for me yeah thanks it, it's 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 i have really mixed mixed emotions about that one i feel like that that's one where i do actually kind of feel a little bit of um emotional tourism on yeah it it, it feels like i'm kind of sitting in somebody else's house you know kind of commenting on this um situation and it's you know it's not it's not it's not my place but yeah it's uh, you know I, th- I think about this this particular thing every day like it just um occupied basically my you know uh, my days for the you know for the last couple of years so but i i think that that if it's occupied your mind then you sort of have the right to express your feelings on it or i think i've just got to be careful how i um talk about it um i, th- I think you know it's yeah I think that's the that's the hard part is actually kind of um, finding a way to you know to, to talk about that song and in some in my yeah my my initial kind of gut feeling about it is to probably just don't talk about it. Um, Sorry, I asked you about it. Yeah, may, no, 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 not at all. Maybe maybe I'll just lie about it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh, used to do that heaps with my other I'll bands. Cut this bit out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, no, it's. 
It's it's just it's hey thanks for picking that one. I mean it's not it's not um like a detailed description of anything. Like I think anyone can still sort of read into it what they will. It's you know you're not telling someone's detailed story, so I no, think it's no, you know, it's still sort of um metaphorical. It's pretty broad. Yeah, it's broad. I think you're fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, change the subject to, to a lighter matter. <laughs> um, so I read in an interview um, a while ago, I remembered that you were you were trying to say yes to every opportunity for a while. Yeah. Can you tell me? And then I think after that you were saying no for a while. Yeah, a long while. <laughs> yeah. Where are you in your, um, your yes and no spectrum at the moment? Um, It's always... I tried to keep the yeses going. Like, you know, it, it, it's... It was exhausting. Like I, I when I we came back from like a Nation Blue tour of Brazil, um, like in two thousand and eight, and when I came back from that, that's when the Yes campaign started, <laughs> and, and I, I kept that up, I reckon, for a solid uh, five or six years. Wow. Yeah. Like, was was there anything that happened where you were just like, man, I wish I had not said yes to this? Oh yeah, yeah, constantly. <laughs> like. I played so many shows to maybe the mixer, like and and also like you know just yeah like there there were a lot of lot of poor poor uh, poor decisions when when you've only got one decision to make yeah. like it, it it's gonna it's gonna result in some pretty <laughs> shitty uh, lifestyle changes, but the um I don't know yeah just kind of tried to stay energetic and stay enthusiastic and and yeah try and try and create a little bit of that in other people as well um but that's a really exhausting thing to do (laughs) Um, it's it's tiresome for those around you it's it's you know it's i don't know like i've I've got a friend nick who's a photographer who just literally just travels the world um disappears into the jungle does all that kind of stuff it's similar type of outlook he 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 just kind of lives to make people excited about stuff yeah and I kind of wanted, you know, a lot of that rubbed off on me and I was like, well, you know, let's, let's, let's get things done. Let's, you know, let's get into it. Yeah. And, um, and it lasted for ages, like, but I, I definitely kind of hit a wall. That's for sure. <laughs> what's the, what's the best thing that happened because you said yes? Uh, it, it changed my focus from like a singular focus on one creative output to, you know, multiple multiple kind of streams all happening at once um i think it made me a lot more kind of prolific i, I can't comment on the quality but <laughs> like it it definitely like got that process kind of really turning over at a pretty rapid pace um and it, it gave me the confidence to kind of just trust in it too like like i don't know um harmony are doing more recording next thursday and i don't have the songs yet wow um but you got a you got a week. Of, you know, yeah, no problem. Like yeah. <laughs> it's um Yeah, you know, and I mean that's that's how the solo record was done. It was like I I did it in my lunch breaks. Like uh, you know, I I kind of I don't I, I feel bad if I, you know, watch too much T V or if you know, if I'm if I don't kind of have something to, to show for my weeks or my days. Yeah, you know, I have that like feeling. Uh, that's I think that's some kind of weird music guilt. That we've yeah, learnt over the years. Yeah, it it totally is. It's like, well, what what have, what what did I do today, kind of thing, and and it it upsets me if um like I'd I'd always I used to stay up late, 
all the time and since working with power tools like it, it's just not an option um so I, I used to stay up till all hours just kind of working on stuff and now i have my lunch breaks you know so i managed to the solo record was done all in lunch breaks and wow just record the guitar one day and then try and get the you know try and write the the lyrics the next day amazing so, that's uh, yeah. that's really working um, in the in the gaps yeah 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 like uh, you know I'd, I'd have an hour for lunch and set up and smash out as many takes as i could kind of thing wow um, i mean you really have to do that when you have a kid anyway i know that yeah you know, i've, I've yeah, been writing a lot with people that have kids and they have to be um super disciplined yeah yeah you, you don't have much time like it, you know in in my day around work there's probably two hours that that are mine yeah um and i've got a long commute so i'd do do a lot of writing like in the car and you know um and and have a lot of time to think about it and because i work with machinery i can pipe it into my head all day and just you know just constantly write stuff down but um how do you write in the car sing it into your phone um yeah yeah a lot of a lot of voice memos and stuff like that which is probably why there's you know yeah <laughs> there's so many things on that phone um I just wish I'd lose it at this stage. <laughs> like, I just, like, Start the, again. The, I've actually crashed. I've crashed that voice memo thing <laughs> where um, the first thousand one, like, they're unresponsive. Oh, <laughs> like, no. you can't open them. Yeah. They sucks. were probably shit. They were. I can guarantee you they were. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But as as equally shit as the stuff I did today. <laughs> like, there is consistency. I asked our dear friend Lisa today. I was like, what should I ask Tom? And she said, ask him about meeting Sting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so can you tell me about meeting Sting? <laughs> yeah. It, like, I actually really loved the police as a kid. Like, they were one of those bands that, I, I, I don't know, for some some reason just I, I really enjoyed, like I took to. Maybe it was the three-piece thing. I don't know what it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we're in, like, we're, it was like a rare Nation Blue run and and we're in the airport and we're walking out to one of the you know the distant gates and there was a guy in like cut off sleeves with with you know with an with an older guy walking bes- beside him and all the rest of it and I was like man like that you know <laughs> like just looking at the back of his head I was like I've seen this guy so many times like um <laughs> sitting out the front of cafes and then like you know not does doesn't have any discernible job um probably takes off on a motorcycle like there's like he it just screamed like some kind of crisis just wedged into clothes you know like it just there's just a disconnect on the age um at least at the back of his head from what i could see and the uh the attitude to fashion coming from a guy who just has worn flannies since the 90s um but I can cherry pick because he has no right to reply. It, yeah. So anyway, t- he turned around and and it was Gordon, and he um, like uh, I was like, oh fuck, Dan, Sting, and then Dan's like, what? And and now like we're just like we like I said that like right beside him, and so it didn't take much to actually kind of go. Um, uh, I, I I just like I remember going up to him and saying basically like you know. Um, because there was the, the you know there was a pretty drastic age discrepancy despite you know my weathered head i, I kind of said to him <laughs> look i i'm i'm not being like I, I don't want to come across as kind of precocious or anything like that I, i'm genuinely interested in in getting a fo- photo with you is it all right if we get a photo 
And he's like, oh, precocious is a big word. And I was like, fucking Ooh. hell. Like, just What a prick. Yeah, that was the first thing he said. And I was like, hey, context was a little out, off. But yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and I took the photo as I was saying yes thing. I don't want to be obsequious, but fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was, <laughs> it was, it was like, it, like, and. You can see in the photo he's smirking to himself because he thinks he's you know, uh. he's kind of like laid us out. And you can see me saying, Yes, sting precocious is a big word. Like yeah, like that's <laughs> that's my face as as what it's saying. And then I love that that's a face you can pull. Yeah, it, it's, I reckon I'm halfway through the word precocious. Because I kinda I kinda look like my cheeks are a lot more kind of inflated and yeah, I'm, I'm laying into it. <laughs> And, and and he just looks like a smug prick, but um, so that was I don't know. We've, we've, I like that. I'm really glad I asked you about that. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. You know, like that. I I kind of can see Stuart Copeland side of things, like who you know who spent years behind the drum kit, just wanting to like l- yeah. launch a launch a crash cymbal at his head. Um, yeah. The, the the thing that I I think that set me off on the just the inner conflicts of the police and the the, the wonderful um rolling battles that they used to have but uh i was watching i used to like you know sit there and i'd kind of as i got older i I'd, you know went from playing along to ads to playing along to movies and tv shows but i'd, <laughs> I'd hire heaps of videos and i picked up like a police live in concert thing one time and it was a g-rated documentary but on stuart copeland's tom toms um and he had four of them was get how how much can I swear? You can say anything you like. <laughs> well he had the words get fucked you cunt written on his Tom Toms. <laughs> like like on each one. And I was like, this is a G rated documentary. Like that is I've never seen that. Like it I think it was it was a Japanese tour documentary and I don't know if they were responsible for the classification or not, but somebody somebody checked out on that day because it was huge. Amazing. Every time they showed Copeland you could see just a massive C bomb on the the furthest floor Tom. It was spectacular. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Did he look really smug the whole show? Like I got away with something. <laughs> no, he looked furious. Like he looked, he, he looks manic. Like he just looks like he's been oh, driven no. to the edge. And yeah. Oh. And yeah, the, the smugness Damn. is reserved for, um, yeah, Tantric Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> have you, um, have you met many of your musical heroes? Um, I've met a few. Um, I met Lemmy. That was pretty good. Like, oh, really. I hope he was nice. He was amazing. Like, he was so nice. Like, he um, we we had like a solid half hour with with Lemmy, which was pretty awesome. Because anytime I see like old metal docos or even like the outtakes of like uh, the decline yeah, of Western civilization and stuff like that, like he's he's yeah. fair enough. Even back then, like I'm sure he was, you know, as big of a dirtbag as anyone but he also like he kind of got it um yeah well he is very self-deprecating in everything i've seen him in and he's also like you know he's never really made it big like he made it medium but (laughs) i think he he has that you know he has that feeling about him like well i never fucking made it so why are you talking to me kind of thing yeah yeah totally and but that that can also lead to some pretty toxic opinions because you think nobody's listening. You That's know? true. And yeah. what what I've heard from him is is a lot of good. You know, like he has um, 
he has some dubious uh, like uh, collections, but he's you know like he's, he's he loves his Nazi paraphernalia and his you know like his yeah, World War weird. War Two kind of relics. But he also um like he uh, he was speaking of like women in bands in the eighties. Like he he spoke of them as um as, as musicians. Like it's just something you yeah. didn't hear come out of the the mouth of Brett Michaels or or, oh, fuck or fucking no. Ricky Rocket, <laughs> you know? is... like it was. <laughs> it didn't happen. I don't know if you want to hear anything come out of Brett Michaels' mouth. <laughs> no, no, like across the board, <laughs> like yeah. singing or otherwise. Like it's yeah, you know, and I, I love that band. Like when I was when I was really young. Um, oh, so did I. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah, hindsight. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a toxic master. I remember Regurgitator were on a tour once, and we were sort of on the same. I guess we're on we're on heaps of the same flights as Motorhead, and I was always just too scared to talk to him. But I'd see him at the I saw him at the airport like three or four times, oh. and I I it was like l- looking at the sun. Like I would look at him and go, "Oh fuck!" and look down. Like, yeah, yeah. Like he's really I he's actually really imposing. Like when. Yeah, like we were in um, like we were like in in this like um, it was the only stadium tour we did. We were in the back area, and I turned around and he was walking down the hallway with his minders, <sighs> and like my blood actually ran cold. Like I was like, holy yeah. shit! Like it it actually I know yeah it it kind of sent chills <laughs> through me. And yeah, he's he's a I don't know he's he's a like really intimidating presence, but a, like a really disarmingly kind of charming charming dude yeah for um for valentine's day a few years ago um simon my husband bought a um lemmy bedspread it's like a lemmy (laughs) like um drawing (laughs) on the (laughs) and that and then when he died it was kind of like now it feels weird having the doona cover like the lemmy doona on yeah just feels (laughs) rest in peace but it was really nice for a while yeah yeah (laughs) It's uh, it's over. But bit of a shock when I got home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a like, oh, it's, fuck. It's a big gesture. It's a, it's a lot of love. But yeah, so have you? You haven't had any other like terrible experiences with um. I mean, not that Sting was terrible. It just sounded like he was a bit not, dismissive. Yeah, that, that was that was hard out terrible. <laughs> that sucked. was terrible. Okay. <laughs> um, what else? John Stanier from Helmet told me to get fucked. Oh um, no! Why? It, uh, we played a Mark Cain show and there was like, it was, he was drumming in them at the time and there was, I reckon oh. like I've never seen a more gender non-diverse crowd in my entire life. Like it was literally just buses of rugby players. Like it was, it was insane, but they, um, Gross. he made the mistake of, um, hanging around the merch desk at the end of the night and he just, he was getting punished so hard about helmet. And oh. I tried to throw him a lifeline, like he was literally boxed in, and it and I went over to try and you know basically um, start a bullshit conversation to spring him so that he can make a you know make a run for it, and <laughs> it wasn't a it wasn't a great conversation starter. Like how good his music is probably not not like a not a great introductory <laughs> sentence, and he just looked at me and he's like get fucked. Like it was like it was obviously oh. my um my attempt. And um, was worse than whatever was <laughs> being said to him. So um, that's also disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> met, I've met plenty of dickheads. Like there's, there's, you know, yeah, there's no shortage of them. And particularly, you know, spending my 
my prime during the emo years. Like, yeah, there's, yeah, it was grim. Emo dickheads. Oh, there's a higher percentage. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's just shocking. So, <laughs> but that's my cross to bear because I produce emo music. So it's it's like it's a tough. Yeah, but all of you guys are so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Counts for nothing. <laughs> Hey, um, on that note, I'm going to ask you my last question, which is the same question I ask everyone at the end. Um, tell me your strangest or worst show story or just the strangest thing that's happened to you because you're a musician. Well, it's, it's been a pretty strange ride all, all around. Like it's, you know, like there's, for the most part, like if you were to assess the arc, it would probably slide into some kind of abject failure. <laughs> like uh, it's, been, it's been a descent, um, but it's kind of like, this is something that started from being a, like my first gig was playing the teddy bears picnic at the botanical gardens <laughs> in Hobart in my, like in my, like for high school. Oh. And um, I'm, I would have been like grade eight or something like that, or year eight as they say on the mainland. And, um, <laughs> And I got electrocuted, like the, f- the very first gig. Oh no! So, off the like, mic? Uh, no, um, off a power board. Oh no! Yeah, I was standing in like I don't know, t- uh, yeah, thirty mil of water. Like it had rained pretty heavily, oh, and they just no. stuck stuck the leads down straight in that. So that's how it started. Um, <laughs> from there, um, I mean. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of blood, a lot of concussions, a lot of weirdness. Um, I got held up outside a bar in San Pedro by like the MS13 gang. Holy <laughs> which shit! Pretty strange. Got locked out. Like there was a fight going on inside the bar. Like um, there's a guy who looked like Patrick Swayze, like who was, I shit you not, like a dead ringer for Patrick Swayze wow. in Roadhouse. I was gonna say what was, era? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. Prime Patrick Swayze, yeah. like yeah, yeah, like yeah, it, it, and he was the bouncer, and couldn't tolerate the dancing, and was just like cutting sick on people, like <laughs> in the pub, and they locked the doors, and so I didn't realize that the doors were locked, so I, like I pushed pushed out, door locked behind me, and there are like these four guys playing Connect Four and and drinking whiskey in the gutter, yeah. And as soon as they hear the door shut, they they stand up and come over and they're like, "Give us your, you know, give, have you got cigarettes?" And I said, "Oh no no no!" And they go, "Oh, you're Australian!" Like straight away, because, um, because you yeah, said nah. Sound like, <laughs> it's nah 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 nah. You sound like <laughs> nah, yeah. mate, nah. Yeah. nah, 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 not into it. And the um, yeah, and, he, and he's like, "Oh, you're Australian." So I started talking about that and. After a while, they kind of like a few of the others inside realized that I'd been gone for a while, and I was just kind of pressed up against the door. Jesus! And this this dude's kind of grilling me on native wildlife, surfing, like just every every Australian cliche under the sun. And sure. then he was fine though; like they were totally fine. And then as soon as one of the Yanks came out to get me, um, yeah, they're just you know just lifting shirts and <gasps> showing showing arsenals and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it, was, it was freaking hectic. Um, what happened? How did that resolve? They, they I got dragged inside, oh. um, and you know and that that was. And then when we were loading out, they were pretty hostile. <laughs> like they were oh, just God. checking out our gear. Um, but yeah, that was that was that was a little weird. Yeah, the, I guess the the weirdest the weirdest experience is probably the Lemmy. Um, like we got, uh, like. I'm trying to put it into context. So 
we just come off a tour for an album in Nation Blue where we played all around the country and had kind of tried to stop making emo music on our like second record <laughs> and that wasn't received well um like we played on the gold coast in a in a venue that holds 400 to four people yeah and like there was more security staff and and um and bar staff than there were like uh, civilians <laughs> and and like two of the four got kicked out for dancing and the the other the other two stole our merch at the end of the oh, night no. <laughs> yeah they hung around got like photos and then when we turned our back they like they they piss bottled with a bunch of t-shirts oh my god um, that's terrible so we, oh yeah it's shocking so we came off that and somehow landed a foo fighters tour um <laughs> matt matt had worked with the guitarist on some clips and and he just kind of cheekily asked and they ran it up the flag pole to Dave and Dave was into it. And they're all, all like these major label bands just like standing there with their, um, you know, like their hands outstretched, like, like what the fuck has happened? Like it's a total, <laughs> total hate crime. Um, yeah. So we, we deprived a lot of people of their birthright simply by being on the Great. tour. Um, we, we played the old bar in Melbourne on the, the, the night before the tour started. And didn't sell it out. <laughs> like it's, it's like got like a hundred capacity, and and we're like, oh, like you know, this is this is gonna be a fucking huge tour. Like this is a big deal. Yeah. And yeah, the night before just didn't do anything. Like it was just it was from the outset it was cursed. We played a gig in um in Brisbane as a warm up show, and the venue which was called the Depot at that stage. Oh yeah, um, I remember that. Flooded knee deep. Oh. <laughs> and, and similarly, I was like looking at power boards floating around in the water, yeah. and there was, it was like the Exorcist. There was so much water coming down the walls; it was just like horrific. I just, Shit. I'm surprised nobody died at that point. So, <laughs> was that while we you the, were playing? Uh, no, it never got to the stage where we were oh. playing. We were just trying to load in, and oh, it was just man. like it was. Yeah, it was symbolic of what was to come. So we <laughs> loaded into the Brisbane Entertainment Centre, met all the staff, like, you know, all the crew and all the rest of it. And and we're playing with the Kaiser Chiefs as well. And they were total dickweeds. Like, they were the, <laughs> some of the worst humans on earth. Um, or just one of them, actually. Like, so much so, the, the end of the tour, um, the Foo Fighters stage manager docked them five minutes and gave, them, gave it to us. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. It wasn't that nice because, like, the very first – so we – Shit scared. I have a firm belief that bands should stay in their lane to a large degree. If yeah. You, if you're kind of like some some people aren't cut out for um, stadium rock. Yeah. 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 There's there's a level, and you kind of hit that ceiling, and it's like, okay, th- this is this is as far as we can go, unless things are about <laughs> to get really strange. Yeah, I I know what you and mean. Yeah. Like it's it's not fun, it's not comfortable, it's stressful. Um, there's, there's there's like a whole lot of capitalist kind of <laughs> machinations going on with it that you can really like fuck up somebody's. Um, uh, you, like you, you're just kind of in the way. You're a you know, you're you're a third wheel. But yeah. we we got three songs into our very first stadium set, and Matt pivoted and dislocated his knee. Oh no. And just, <laughs> hit hit the ground 
screaming. Shit. I was like, I thought he'd been glassed or something, or somebody had thrown something because yeah. we, you know, playing early to a Foo Fighters crowd and it, <laughs> yeah, like it, um, not well received. And sure. but like I, I've never heard like the the crowd. Um, we had to stop because he was he was screaming, and he was just lying on the floor. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, oh, I've broken my like my knees like kind of something snapped in my knee and it's kind of come out and um didn't know what to do just staring out at like the brisbane entertainment center like and (laughs) and and described it over the over the mic to to people and like the whole crowd just like groaning like rolling their eyes you hear the collective eye (laughs) yeah yeah and um and then like the st john's came out and like everyone starts cheering and all that kind of stuff and it was yeah, I reckon it was the longest 10 minutes of my life. Like, I bet. And Matt waved away the St. John's people. And Tim uh, Brennan, who was there as our guitar tech, who was just like laughing the whole time. <laughs> like, just like, he just didn't, like, nervous laughter, didn't know yeah. what to do. He ended up just pointing a, a mic at, uh, at, at Matt on the ground. And he and he finished the set lying on his back, playing bass, staring <laughs> straight up the ceiling. Like, and then, and then was taken like to hospital. Um, and for some reason, they didn't kick us off like um, the tour. Like it was strange because we played our last song. I turn around, like the whole of their band is standing there, just looking at us, laughing. Um, I'm like I overcompensated and and went the blood route and just tried to <laughs> like to try and get the show back, and was covered in blood. Dave Grohl doesn't believe in AIDS and I'm shaking his hand and like really, <laughs> really testing it. Matt's getting stretched off by St. John's. Jesus. Dan's, Dan's shaking, you know, no, no eye contact, not, not wanting to you know, continue. <laughs> we, um, the promoters are standing there as well. And we're just like, uh, you know, like they, 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 I'm sure they ran, ran the numbers. Like yeah. they could have booted us right then and there. But oh. instead like, yeah, Matt completed it in a wheelchair and wow. we got like, heaps of drongo press like <laughs> the most coverage we ever got was you know you'd never believe <laughs> what these dickheads have done that kind of stuff like that was the tone like, um like even from the fairfax media like you know it, there was um matt matt did a bunch of interviews the next day and yeah yeah but we completed it but it just kind of it took away that um that weird kind of uh grass is greener scenario yes ever since then i've always i've just relaxed like and i've been happy with like a low level mediocrity that yeah (laughs) you're not you're not overextending and you're not kind of yeah yeah you're happy with your lane (laughs) oh so happy like yeah i'm you know like for selfish reasons and self-preservation like you just can't exist (laughs) as as a nervous individual on that on that kind of level but yeah that was that was probably the um, one of the strangest things, like um, at least the strangest in front of you know six or seven thousand people. Yeah, that's um, pretty weird. There's been plenty of weird experiences on you know on highways at three a.m. Um, <laughs> when I've fallen asleep at the wheel and woken oh, up doing 170 k an hour Christ. and things like that, but and nobody nothing else happened. Really to see that it was a straight stretch of road. So. <laughs> It's all right, thank God. Fucked up. (laughs) Been a bunch of that, but yeah, it's all right. Still here. 
Well, I'm so glad you're still here to tell the tale. <laughs> and and you're yeah. still here writing um beautiful morose music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh is it yeah. I'm a never ending find of negativity uh, <laughs> as much as much as I try. Yeah. You you are probably in the next six months gonna hear the most miserable love songs you've ever heard in your life. Can't wait. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Hey, thanks so much for talking to me. Thanks, eh? Thanks thanks for having me. I appreciate it.